Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that your spirit would fall powerfully upon us today as we seek to worship you. Lord, that you would anoint the words from my mouth, Lord, that they would be your words and that they would speak to your people. Lord, open our hearts, our ears, and our minds that we might receive you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. morning. It is so good to see you all today. Well, I brought with me an edible prop today. Uh, Bread. I love bread. I'm sorry if you're gluten intolerant. Uh, I love bread. I mean, you probably did too, until you realized. Yeah, it's good. Isn't it good? I mean, I've got so many memories associated with bread. Uh, bread for on one side was uh, a survival thing, bread was. Uh, because when my mom would be gone, this was all we got, basically, with my dad. <laughs> right? It would be bread, cheese, and popcorn. And you know what? You can survive for quite a while on bread, cheese, and popcorn. Because, yeah, so um, that was it. So bread, you know, when you found bread in the house, you were like, oh, bread, yes. And you'd eat it. Love it. Uh, and then the other side were like those boom times. When uh, growing up uh, in Nevada City, we would, uh, every once in a while, we'd go down to uh, Saleas. They had a side door, like to their kitchen. And when I was a kid, you could stop there at the side door. I think it was Friday nights. And they had fresh baked sourdough bread and soup that you could get to go. Anyone ever used to do this? Oh, so as a little kid, they'd send me, they'd give me the money. My parents would, they'd drop me off. And I'd go to the side door, knock on the door. You know, it's kind of like the secret thing, right? You know, I'd knock on the door and then give them the money and they'd hand me the bag with the soup and the fresh sourdough bread in it. And I'd get back in the car and just have that hot bag sitting on my lap and just you'd open it and smell the sourdough just steaming up. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. Oh, it was so good. So bread mean, meant a lot for me. I mean, it was associated with so many different things, with, with um, survival on one side and with, like, bounty on the other. And my wife, she makes sourdough bread now from scratch. Oh, it's so good. I just love the smell of baking bread in the house. So many good memories associated with bread. And I think that's how it was for the Israelites as well. In our passage from Exodus, we see the Israelites, they are in the wilderness. And how did the Israelites get to Egypt in the first place? There was famine in the land, right? And one of the twelve, one of the brothers, uh, was down there as a number two to Pharaoh. And he had stored up all this grain for seven years. And then he invited his whole family down. And they moved down to Egypt. And everything was happy. They had plenty of bread on the table during times when people didn't. Everything was good until... Pharaoh. A Pharaoh came who did not remember Joseph. Right, And so uh, suddenly the Israelites are thrown into slavery. They're making bricks without straw. They're doing all this kind of onerous duties and tasks for their uh, Egyptian taskmasters. And then God raises up a leader for them, Moses. Right, And Moses' life is miraculously preserved as a baby. He goes, there's the plagues, all that kind of stuff. Then there's the Passover. And what happens? Leads them out of Egypt, right? And what do they, they come to the Red Sea, and then what happens? Parts the waters, right? This incredible story, right? Moses raises his staff, the waters part. You know, you've got all kinds of, I mean, it's just awesome. And, uh, and then they go through on dry land, right? And then what happens when they get to the other side? 
The waters come back and they protect them from the, the Egyptian army who is coming after them, right? Hot on their tail. And the Israelites are delivered. And what is one of the first things that they do upon this amazing deliverance? You know this story well. That's right, they complain. They complain. They've just seen God miraculously and single-handedly wipe out Pharaoh's army. Wipe out the danger that was behind them. Wipe out the last traces of their bondage in Egypt. And they get to the other side. And they start to grumble. As our passage says, The Israelites said, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, which apparently meant something different back then, uh, as a pot that you cooked meat in, uh, and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Man, we had it so much better when we were slaves. What do you think? You think they really did? Is that what they were saying when they were in Egypt? Oh, it's so good, don't deliver us? No, no, they get this case of buyer's remorse, right? They're like, wait a second, now we're hungry. We had it so good in Egypt. Now they're suffering in freedom. And the reason they're suffering, the reason for their pain, is that they've begun to believe the lie again. Anyone know what the lie is? The lie is that God doesn't love us. Right? This is the lie that was underneath the, the um, words that the serpent whispered in Eve's ear in the garden. And it is the lie that has stuck with the human race ever since. The lie that God doesn't love us. That God doesn't care about you and me. That was the lie that the Israelites began to believe even after they had seen God's miraculous provision in delivering them from Egypt, the lie surfaced again. And they began to think, that's right, it was just like that. And they began to think that God didn't love them. But God does love them. And even though they haven't asked nicely, and every parent in the room would expect the Israelites to ask nicely before they got what they wanted from God, even though they don't ask nicely, God gives them what they want. He gives them quail to eat at dinner, and in the morning, he begins with something that would continue for their entire journey through the wilderness. What does he give them in the morning? Manna. You know what manna means? It means, what is it? What is it? Right, so the Israelites come out in the morning, they see this stuff on the ground, they say, what is it? And then somebody says, that's a great name for it. We'll call it that. And that's what manna means. So they find this, what is it, on the ground. And Moses says, you know, that is God's provision for you. That is bread from heaven. And so they gather it up, this stuff that's just there. It's there with the dew in the morning. This bread from heaven, just strewn about the ground. They're waiting them to gather it up. Every day. God would cause these little seeds or this little flaky powder to collect like dew on the ground. And the Israelites would gather them up and grind them and make bread from them. Now the amazing thing about manna is that it appeared six days a week. And each of those six days, the Israelites were called on to go out and gather it. But it could only be used for a day 
or else it would go bad. Right? You couldn't store up manna for the week. You couldn't say, I'm going to work one day this week, get all the manna I need, and then you know, I'll just kick back in front of the TV the rest of the week. Right? That didn't work for two reasons. One, they didn't have TV. Uh, two, that uh, the manna only lasted 24 hours. And it would go bad if you didn't eat it. And so the next morning they had to go out. But on the day before the Sabbath, something miraculous happened. You know what that was? They collected twice as much, and it lasted twice as long. So they were able to, on the Sabbath day, do no work, take that time to rest and focus on the Lord. This was the way God fed his people for 40 years. 40 years. Six days a week, right on the button, the bread truck showed up, provided for God's people. It was there when I picked up this bread at Safeway this morning. The bread truck was there. Right? That was how it was for the Israelites. All they had to do was show up, and it was there. It was ready for them, right on the ground, waiting for them to collect it. Whether the Israelites were faithful or faithless, the provision continued for them six days a week for those 40 years until they entered the Promised Land and harvested their first harvest. This gentle miracle from God whispered to his people each and every day, I love you. I care about you. Your life and your daily needs are important to me. These words and actions of God sought to speak against the lie that God didn't care. That event, that event of God providing manna for his people happened thousands of years ago. Yet we see God working in the same way today and in the gospel, in the gospel passages too. Right? For instance, when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, what does he tell them to ask for? Daily bread. Why do you think he would bring that up? Do you think it's connected with anything else? No? Manna, perhaps, right? You know, daily, this bread that was there every day for God's people. And Jesus says, pray for your daily bread. Pray for that provision each and every day of your life. And remember in that prayer, remember that God loves you. He loves you so much that he is even concerned with your bread. You remember there's several things in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, one is the rod of Aaron. Another is the Ten Commandments. Do you know what the other one was? The third? A jar of manna. A jar of manna. Why do you think the Israelites carried around the Ark of the Covenant with a jar of manna in it? You think it was just like in case they got real hungry? You know, they could crack into it? No, it was to remind them. It was a memorial that God loves them. That's what the manna signified. And so when Jesus says to pray for your daily bread, he is hearkening us back to that time. Hearkening our minds back to the fact that God provided for his people for 40 years in the wilderness when they had no other way to provide for themselves. And in John 6, 35, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What do you think he might be speaking of there? Or referencing in that? Come on, this is an easy one. Hanging curveball, ready for you all. Manna, that's right. Absolutely. Manna. And in fact, in this passage, he even says, I am the true bread from heaven. I am the real manna. 
I am the real thing that manna was looking forward to. I am the daily provision that the people need. I am the one who fills you up and does not disappoint you. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Because remember, the Israelites ate manna in the wilderness and eventually died. But all who eat of Jesus Christ will what? Live forever. He's the true manna that that manna in the past looked forward to. He was the reason the Israelites carried around that jar of manna in their Ark of the Covenant, was to remember God's provision and to look forward to that jar of manna that would come down in the form of Jesus Christ. Bread, simple bread, has so many memories in it, so many good times, so many challenging times, are around bread for me in my life. It speaks to me of survival, when my dad was around, that you can survive on this stuff, but also of bounty, of blessing, of richness, of family, of love. Bread is an amazing thing. The smell, the warmth, the texture, the crunch. Yet bread points us back to something greater than itself. Bread reminds us that God provides for our daily needs. Bread also points us to the true bread. It points us to Jesus Christ, who offers us filling and nourishment that will not go away. As the Israelites each day had to go out to gather the manna for that day, may we be people who seek the Lord daily. May we be people who turn to God in faith each and every day, and entrust ourselves to his provision. And every time we see a loaf of bread, may we remember that God, the true bread from heaven, loves us so very much that he was broken for us. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for being the true bread from heaven. Thank you, Lord, for preparing us for you by sending your manna from heaven, Lord, to the Israelites. Lord, in the same way as you daily provided for their needs, we pray that you would provide for our needs as well, Lord, that you would be our daily bread. Lord, we come here from various circumstances and backgrounds. Lord, many of us come here hurting, Lord, in need of, in need of a word of encouragement, a word of hope, a word of healing. Lord, and we pray that you would speak that word to us today. That you would whisper in our ears that you love us. That you would encourage us. That you would strengthen us, Lord. And that you, the true bread from heaven, would feed us. We come to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.